regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm so glad you joined us on the program today. We're going to be taking a look. Um, well, we got a lot of stuff going on, actually. <clears throat> Could be that uh, by the time you see this, uh, the final vote has been cast for constitutional carry in the uh, state of Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, we could see that actually happen today, as a matter of fact, but uh, not while I'm sitting here recording this program. I wish that I could tell you that Ohio is uh, on track to become the 22nd constitutional carry state. I mean, I I can actually tell you that, but uh, uh, the House vote has not yet been held uh, when I sit down to to do today's show. Uh, It is expected that the Ohio State House is going to vote on a constitutional carry measure today, uh, and... uh, Given that the state Senate has already passed it, I would say that the prospects look good. Governor Mike DeWine has not officially said what he is going to do with constitutional carry, but given that he's up for election this year, I find it very, very hard to believe that uh, Governor DeWine would veto this legislation if it gets to his desk. But uh, we'll keep you updated. We'll bring you uh, more details tomorrow. We can also see the passes this week of constitutional carry in the state of Georgia so uh, and Alabama. Uh, So things are really starting to move in several states when it comes to your right to carry. And, of course, why do we want that right to carry? For self-defense, right? For protection. And the truth is that um, there is one category of crime in particular that is rising at a staggeringly high rate in many cities across the country. We're talking about carjackings. Take a look at some of these headlines. Five teens arrested after shooting, carjacking, and police chase through uh, Metro Atlanta. That was yesterday. Teen booked in brutal Costco carjacking, recently booked with armed robbery count. The DA's office refused to prosecute. That was in uh, New Orleans just a couple of weeks ago. Four teens arrested in Florida a day after a gunpoint carjacking of an 83-year-old woman in Hickory, North Carolina. And by the way, the, you know, the, these headlines are not hard to find. And many of these headlines, again, involve teenagers who are committing these carjackings at an increased rate. The, the New York Times actually recognized this today. Uh, they've got a, a piece out uh, wondering why are we seeing more uh, teens uh, involved in carjackings? They uh, say uh, the crime has made a resurgence across the country over the past two years, and many of those arrested, they say, are startlingly young. Uh, writing, quote, in the strange math of the past two pandemic years, as different kinds of crime have spiked and plummeted, carjacking has made an alarming resurgence. The number of reported incidents nearly quadrupled in Philadelphia from 2019 to 2021 is on track to double this year. Car- uh, Chicago had more than 1,900 carjackings last year, the highest number in decades, two months into 2022. The number of armed carjackings in New Orleans already at two-thirds of 2019's totals, Washington, D.C., 426 carjackings reported last year, uh, no exception. So, again, there are all kinds of theories as to what's going on here. Well, you know, the pandemic screwed things up. It uh, shut down uh, schools and shut down courts. Uh, Supply chain problems made the price of used cars uh, go up. So now they're more valuable. Um, rideshare drivers even, right, uh, are, are being increasingly targeted for robberies. As delivery drivers are dropping off food, they're becoming increasingly targeted for robberies. So, you know, as the technology changed things, maybe. But again, you cannot ignore the fact that a growing number of these violent criminals are really, really young. 
Uh, 14-year-olds, 12-year-olds, even 11-year-olds, the New York Times reports, have been charged with armed carjacking or in some cases murder. Robert Condi III, chief of Washington's Metropolitan Police Department, said at a news conference in early February about a carjacking task force formed with the police in uh, neighboring county, Prince George's County, Maryland. Said they're children. The fact that between Prince George's County and D.C. we have over 200 young people that committed a carjacking is staggering to me. And more than half of those arrested on carjacking charges in Washington, D.C. in 2021 were under the age of 18, including a case I know you remember, these two girls who murdered a 66-year-old delivery driver. They basically threw him out of the car, dragged him to his death. A pair of 15-year-olds charged last month of taking more than a dozen cars at gunpoint. A 14-year-old girl arrested last weekend who was accused of taking part in four carjackings, three of them armed. Now, keep in mind, again, Washington, D.C. is a one-party town. Right? The, the, the only viable political party in Washington, D.C. is the Democratic Party. Uh, registered Republicans make up about 5% of the voters in our nation's capital. And yet, Democrats are not in agreement on what to do and what is to blame for the increase in carjackings. You have some, uh, including Mayor Muriel Bowser, who are trying to adopt a Joe Biden's uh, tough-on-crime positioning. Right. Uh, we heard this during the State of the Union last night. Don't talk about defund the police. We want to have more police. so We can do more gun control. Yeah. So you've got, you know, people like Mayor Muriel Bowser who are espousing that particular point of view. Uh, then you've got guys like Carl Racine, who is the attorney general for the District of Columbia, basically the district attorney in Washington, D.C., has a very, very different take on this subject. Um, again, 85 of the 151 carjacking arrests last year involved juveniles with prior criminal records. And so Mayor Bowser and the police chief say, you got to do something. You got to, you got to, what we're doing right now is not working. But Carl Racine has pushed back, explaining at a recent public hearing that the vast majority of teenagers charged with carjacking in the past year had no carjacking arrests on their record. He said there should be a focus on preventing recidivism, but the problem is driving this run deeper. He says, quote, you can do all you want and even lock up everyone who commits a crime. But I'm here to tell you there's a long line of tomorrow's crime that's coming up because of the reasons below the iceberg. So, first of all, yeah, we should be locking up everybody who commits a violent crime, for sure. I'm not going to say that prison time is the uh, necessary uh, punishment for uh, every criminal offense, particularly a nonviolent possessory offense. I also think we should actually look at trying to take some of these laws off of the books. But when it comes to prosecuting violent offenders, hell yes, to borrow a phrase from Beto O'Rourke. Congratulations on the Democratic primary, by the way, Beto. That's the last time you're going to get a chance to celebrate this year. Uh, hell yes, we should be putting violent offenders in prison. Hell yes, we should be putting teen carjackers behind bars. Yes, we absolutely should be doing that. Because the alternative, again, is to return them to the streets with little to no punishment, few consequences, and what message is sent at that point, other than, hey, kids, guess what you can get away with? Carjacking people. I, I would like to think that even in a uber-progressive city like Washington, D.C., that's not the message we want to be sending to uh, teen offenders, but apparently that is the position of uh, Carl Racine that, uh, you know, we got to go deeper. we got to talk about the root causes here. Fine, talk about the root causes. Get violence interrupters on the street. Do whatever you want in terms of addressing root causes. But you cannot ignore the individuals who are actually committing these violent crimes. And I would argue as well, by the way, to turn this back to the Second Amendment. As horrific as the thought is, 
of having to defend your life against an armed 12-year-old who's willing to murder you. We absolutely need to be taking our own personal safety and security seriously. Again, carjackings in Philadelphia have quadrupled since 2019, and they're set to double again this year. And it's not just one city. We're seeing this across the country. And frankly, until the criminal justice system can respond and take these young violent offenders off of the streets, hopefully to rehabilitate them, but at the very least, to remove them from society so they cannot hurt themselves or anybody else, until the system is prepared and able to do that, I would argue even when the system is able and prepared to do that, your safety, your security, your ability to make it home at the end of the night is up to you. It's your responsibility. I would also encourage gun owners, this is just my personal thing. I'm not a huge boycott guy, but this is my personal boycott. I do not use Lyft. I do not use Uber. And I will not use those programs until they change their policies and allow drivers to be armed on the job. Right now, if you're a Lyft driver or you're an Uber driver, you're driving in your vehicle. But you're not allowed to possess your firearm in your vehicle, even if you've got a concealed carry license. And if you use that fireman self-defense while you're on the clock for Uber or Lyft, you will be fired. Now, I would also encourage drivers to violate that company policy. Even at the risk of their job. It's better to lose your job than lose your life. But I would also, again, uh, encourage gun owners to stay away from these ride-sharing companies until they actually value the lives of their contractors enough to permit them to protect themselves with a firearm while they're on the clock. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day. Uh, and our recidivist report will start there. Uh, teen violated probation multiple times prior to shooting death of man in North Avondale. This is from a Cincinnati, Ohio, 17-year-old suspect, charged in the death of 28-year-old Gary Walker. Joe Dieters, who's the prosecutor in Hamilton County, Ohio, says uh, Gary Walker should not be dead today. He says, I'm ready to explode over this stuff and the unfairness of it. Walker was found dead in his car back on Valentine's Day. 17-year-old arrested in charge of the aggravated murder. Joe Dieter says the teen not permitted to possess a firearm, A, because he's 17 years old, B, he's got a previous conviction of aggravated robbery, and he was on probation for that offense at the time of the shooting. According to Dieters, the juvenile probation department had filed six pretrial or probation violations on this teenager related to his aggravated robbery case dating back to May of last year. He'd also been charged in an unrelated assault. And Joe Dieter says, you got to think about the message that all of this is sending to the community when these repeat offenders are quickly returned to the street. He says, how about a juvenile that's running in a bad neighborhood? Kids got guns and things like that. Oh, A.B. or whatever his name is, he had a gun, he robbed people, he's not in jail. He didn't even have to do what the judge says. He says it's unconscionable that someone could violate their probation six times and still have the ability to carry a gun and kill somebody. By the way, Joe Dieter's announced last year that he was he would no longer offer plea bargains in cases in which a gun was used in the commission of a violent crime. I applaud Joe Dieters for doing that, and I think he's absolutely spot on, again, about the state of the criminal justice system when you've got uh, individuals who should be behind bars for violating their probation. They are told they will go to jail if they violate their probation, and yet 
a half a dozen probation violations, not even enough to put a teen offender behind bars for even a period of a week or two. It's unreal. And unfortunately, it's happening every day in the uh, court system around the country. All right, today's Armed Citizen story from Florida, where uh, two individuals have been charged for staging an ambush at a convenience store. The subject of that ambush, by the way, able to fight back uh, in self-defense. Dominic Anthony Burleson and Jermaine Flowers have been charged with first-degree attempted premeditated murder and felony murder uh, for a shooting that happened outside of a, a convenience store in Escambia County. Uh, according to uh, local reports, Burleson had told deputies that he and uh, his cousin had gone to the gas station with flowers. They said that they uh, uh, were walking through a little cut through and a guy in a ski mask walked up to him and shot his cousin. And Burleson and Flowers then carried their family member to a, a nearby intersection. Flowers then left Burleson to find a ride for his cousin. Um, cousin ended up passing away. Burleson told deputies that the shooting was random, but investigators said, no, actually, that's not what happened at all. They say that uh, Dominic Anthony Burleson, Jermaine Flowers, and uh, Burleson's cousin, or excuse me, uh, Flowers' cousin, um, actually had a beef with a guy at a convenience store. And they say that the three planned to ambush the man as he was leaving the convenience store. The group shot at the man as he was leaving, and the man fired back in self-defense. Burleson's cousin was shot during the ambush, according to deputies, Take it to a local hospital where he passed away. That is why Burleson and Flowers are facing felony murder charges. The man who was the subject of this ambush, by the way, not facing any charges since he was acting in self-defense. And uh, finally today, our good deed of the day. Speaking of delivery drivers, an Instacart worker in the right place at the right time, willing able to do the right thing to save the life of a man uh, who was one of her customers. Happened a, a couple of days ago. It's a, a pretty great story, honestly. Uh, Jessica Higgs is an Instacart driver in Georgia. Uh, and she got a uh, delivery from a uh, nearby town. She says, doesn't normally drive to that area, but something told her, all right. So she did. And when she dropped off the groceries, she noticed that something was off. Uh, she went inside the house and she smelled gas. She talked to the gentleman who lived there. It was an older gentleman. And when she uh, got back in the car... She sent a message to the man's daughter. The man's daughter had actually placed the order on Instacart, hoping to, you know, get some groceries to her dad. And so Jessica was able to respond back and say, hey, I think there's something wrong at your dad's house. Can you go check? Uh, daughter right back and said, yeah, my son's going to go check. Son gets there, finds a gas leak. Woman uh, writes Jessica back and says, listen, you saved my dad's life by recognizing that something was wrong. Said, quote, thank you so much. Once my son went back to check on my dad, it turned out it was definitely leaking. You definitely saved my dad's and my younger son's life. Uh, not only did Jessica get a five-star review, she got her tip increased from $14 to $100, uh, but she's also getting a lot of media attention. Most importantly, she saved somebody's life simply by, uh, you know, not letting something that rang alarm bells in her head uh, go unnoticed or unacknowledged. So again, in the right place, at the right time, willing able to do the right thing. Jessica Higgs, we thank you for your very good deed. 
that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. Uh, don't forget, by the way, you can check out BearingArms.com throughout the day for even more Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about, including updates on uh, constitutional carry votes and things of that nature. If you like what you see, you can also subscribe. Just go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS. You can become a VIP member. You'll get exclusive access to news stories, commentary, analysis you won't find anywhere else. It is our way of saying thank you for showing support for the independent pro-Second Amendment journalism that we do at Bearing Arms each and every day. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. In the meantime, again, thank you as always for being a part of the program. Be well. Be safe. Yeah. And be free.